Hello there, beautiful family, and thanks for joining me in this part 14 of a many-part journey that we have titled The Journey, over which we're covering the five core books written by Ellen White. And we are on book number one, and this book is titled, uh, or named, Patriarchs and Prophets. We are on chapter 14, and chapter 14 is titled, Destruction of Sodom. Important as we've been talking about the life of Abraham, we remember that Abraham had a cousin, Lot, and it was dispute among them. And Abraham told Lot, hey, you know, let's split up. You choose wherever you want to go and I'll go the other way. And Lot, he chose the, the city. He chose the comfortable life, the, the life, you know, the easiest life, not the pilgrim life in the mountains, but the easiest possible life in the city. And now in this chapter, Lot's decision turns sour and bitter. Uh, this chapter starts talking about basically exactly what we see today. And I'm going to read some portions of this because uh, I just want you to have a taste for what it is that we see today in the cities where the life is most comfortable. Uh with little thought of labor, every want of life could be supplied. And this is talking about the life in Sodom. Um, and the whole year seemed one round festivity. So this was a city that had basically everything. It says the luxuriant vegetation of the tropics. There were palm trees and olives, rich harvest, cloth fields. The commerce was good. The people were rich and wealthy. There was trade going on in the city. I mean, basically what we see today in every major city. But the profusion reigning everywhere gave birth to luxury and pride. Idleness and riches make the heart hard that has never been oppressed by want or burdened by sorrow. The love of pleasure was fostered by wealth and leisure. And the people gave themselves up to sensual indulgence. Isn't this what we see today where usually the sin abounds the most in the big cities where everything is, you know, the easiest? Because when, you know, it's just human nature. When we are entrusted with wealth and riches, instead of using it for good, a big percentage of the time we use it for bad. And we are pleasure-driven creatures, and we are to direct our pleasures to Jesus. But when Jesus is not on the map, our pleasures then go, uh, you know, we want to be filled by pleasures that don't really fill. So we, it, it increases in magnitude the amount of sin that we commit. And that's where we see pornography and violence and aggression and sex and drugs and this whole movement towards spiritism and, you know, the vilest of the sins ever committed in the big cities. There is nothing more desired among men than riches and leisure. Yet this gave birth to the sins that brought destruction upon the cities of the plain. Idleness is the greatest curse that can fall upon man, for vice and crime follow in its train. So Lot found himself living in Sodom, and 
<clears throat> he was a witness to all of these terrible, terrible things, but that's what he chose. He chose a life of luxury. And he chose to raise his family amongst that life of luxury. And that definitely had its consequences as we'll see here in a minute. So as the story unfolds, by the way, uh, this chapter is mostly covering Genesis 19. So if you want to study the Bible, which is highly encouraged, I do ask you to please study Bible along with this book. This is not to substitute Bible study. So two men visit the city, two angels of God visited the city because the sin had become so abounding that God had to intervene and put a pause on it. The horribleness of crimes and sins were being committed in these cities and God had to intervene just as he did in the times of Noah. So two angels of God visited the city and this mainly because God never ever destroys the just with the sinners. And in this particular case, Abraham, if you remember from a few chapters back, had pleaded with God, God, but will you destroy the city if there's even 50 believers? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? What about just one? And God has said, you know, if there's one person in there that, that, that can be saved, I'll save them. And this is God keeping that promise and that person was Lot. So the two angels visited the city to test the character of Lot and Lot opens the doors for them. He sees these two strangers, which we know are angels from what the Bible says. And God invites them in and they, they test him a little bit. They say, no, I'm gonna, we're going to stay in the streets. And Lot said, definitely not. You can't do that because he knew the horribleness of the character of the people in the city. And they actually saw it too. Uh, once this two stranger comes to Lot house, he says that the men of the city gather upon his front door and they were knocking on it, asking Lot to please uh, let them meet. And by meet in this particular case, he's talking meeting as in intimately sexually. They wanted this man to be brought out so that they can have all sorts of horrible sexual acts with them and you know this just speaks about the kind of people that lived in that city the mentality of the pleasure driven people governed by satan so uh this man pulled lot back in and they blind the people that are outside so that they get tired of trying to find the door and these two men gave lot the warning this city is going to be destroyed tonight get out you need to gather your family and you need to get out leave everything behind there's no time you know for messing around basically and lot he goes and talks to his children and this is the price that he paid for having chose a life in the comfortable city because he chose to live in the city his children were raised amongst the sinners so for them, the sin that surrounded them was normal. It was they, they, they had such an influence on them that when Lot came to them to say, hey, the city is going to be destroyed, they mocked him and thought he was joking. And you can imagine with the seriousness that a father is pleading with his children, please leave so that you don't be destroyed. 
but it didn't amount to anything. What a contrast with Isaac and Abraham that when Abraham told Isaac, I have to kill you because God has commanded me, Isaac didn't do, trusted God, laid down, ready to give his life because that's what God wanted. What a contrast with Lot who grew up, Isaac grew up in the mountains, grew up separate from that influence of sin, but now Lot's children grew up in the city, seen, seen as the new normal. And now they mocked his father and basically kick him out, told him that they, you know, they didn't trust him. So Lot had to see firsthand the consequence of his own decision of living in the city amongst the sinners. So Lot had to come back uh, and the angel said, you need to leave. The city is going to be destroyed. God pleading with the righteous man to please save himself. And they eventually had to take him by the hand and his wife by the hand and the two daughters that live with him. And they take him out of the city and they gave a command. The angels of the Lord says, do not look back. Just keep walking towards the mountains. And Lot at this point, still not having learned his lessons, pleads with them to please let him and his family run to a nearby city, just a few miles away, the city that eventually is not the city of Soar. And uh, as he pleads with them, they said, okay, fine, you can go there. He did not yet learn his lesson clearly. Soar was also eventually destroyed but um, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, when the command is given, do not look back. This is more than just about literally looking back to see what's going on. When they say do not look back, there's more to this. And is that when God calls, we need to learn to put God first above everything else. When there are other priorities in life, when we care about the riches and the wealth that we've amassed, that makes us doubt, severely doubt God's commandment. And when they say do not look back, it, it meant leave everything behind, accept that you're leaving everything behind and go because God is asking you to do so and he will take care of you as he has promised over and over again. So Lot once again had to deal with the consequences of having shows a life in the city. His wife in this case, she was completely attached to the gains and, you know, the worldly gains that she has had in the city. She wanted the city. She, of course, wanted to stay with his children. The only reason she was outside of the city was because the angels have grabbed them by the hand and pulled her out with Lot and his two daughters. So she, her heart was attached to the city and she was actually... Uh, fostering a grudge against God for having taken her out of the city. She looks back to the city and she in turn is turned is uh, turned into a statue of salt, meaning she died. She died because even though her body was outside of the city, her mind was still inside the city. And this is a lesson for us too, right? It says, the Bible says, build treasures in heaven where moth does not, you know, corrupt uh, or destroy. Her treasures were in earth. And when we are attached to the treasures in earth, the consequences are unavoidable. We will unfortunately perish with the earth because we put earth 
things over God. And that is not what God has asked us because there's a reason for this. It's not because God just wants the attention for himself. It's because we cannot grow in character if we're still attached to earthly things. God cannot evolve our character and our, you know, he cannot transform us if we are still clinging to earthly treasures. And this was happened. So the Lot, the uh, Lot's wife died uh, in, in there with the city. Lot moves on, he goes to Soar eventually, but as I said, Soar gets destroyed, so he has to flee to the mountains. And for the third time, he had to pay the consequences of his decision to live in the city. And in this case, uh, I'm not even going to comment on it. You can read it on the Bible again, where chapter Genesis chapter 19 and forward. The two daughters that are left for Lot are filled with sin. I are still filled with the influences of what they saw in the city of Sodom. So what they did, they did a despicable act. And out of those two daughters came a lineage, a descendant of people. And those were the Moabites and the Amorites. And if you have studied Bible and the books of, you know, the, the Old Testament, you will know that the Moabites and the Amorites were God's people's enemies. They were heavy idolaters. They were heavy you know, pagan and corrupt, and they over and over tempted and mingled and destroyed the people of God. So you can see how it all started with one person that with one parent who was not, you know, he didn't have a strong foundation in God and how the lineage just devolves instead of evolving, it devolves, which goes to the point of our previous discussion, chapter 13, the previous episode when we were talking about Abraham, how God wanted to polish Abraham's character by putting him through the test of faith that will certainly make an impression on him. You can see completely the contrast between a parent that decides to honor God, that chose the simple life in the mountains away from sin, and how he raised Isaac to be a faithful child, and how out of Isaac came the descendants of the lineage of the people of God, and eventually Jesus, and then Lot, who shows the city and the comfortableness, and unfortunately the influences that come with the city, living amongst the sinners, and how his family got completely destroyed, and the two surviving daughters gave a birth to a generation of horrible, horrible people. So this is a lesson here to be learned from parents, and that's how Ellen White finishes the chapter about how it is extremely important for we as parents, when we have children, to stay away from the influences of the city. Stay, try to raise your child, you know, away from, from the cities. I mean, that's what we see today. The big cities is where uh, temptation and sin abounds the most and what we should stay away from. So Noah, Noah's time, people started doing horrible things. God had to intervene. He gave a warning and then destruction came. Lot, Lot people, the people of the city were abounding in sin. God came to give a warning. He pulled his people out and then destruction came. 
at the time of Jerusalem to the disciples, God gave them a warning. Same as Lot, the same exact case. When you see the city surrounded by the Roman legions, run, run away. He did not say pack up your stuff, you know, think about the, the, the latest you know, fashion clothes that you bought or the nicest watch, just leave everything behind and run. And those who did live, those who stayed, were destroyed. That's the destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman Empire. And once again, history continues to repeat itself. Once again, we are there today. Today, there's a warning for us, for you and me. That's the message on Revelations 14, the three angels' message. There is a warning for God's last people in the ends of time, which I believe we're there, if not very, very, very close to there. The warning is stay away from sin. Polish your characters, talk to God, develop a relationship and be prepared because what this world is about to witness will be like nothing it has ever witnessed before. And that is the cup of the anger of God being spilled over this earth, over the many, many transgressions and abundance of sin. And if all you need to do is look at the news and look around to see that we are living in times where sin truly is abounding. So what will your decision be? Will you choose the simple life away from sin, from sinners, from the cities, or you'll choose the comfortableness of the cities, and then just like Lot, have to pay the consequence for it. The decision is yours. Until next time.